the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. It's uh, difficult to describe what is happening when you live in a time of mania and hysteria. It's uh, it's quite uh, the only thing that some people might liken this moment to is McCarthyism. But there was no widespread, nothing is widespread, where he was accused of and did call people who were not communist, communist. And that has taken on the word that has been given called McCarthyism, which is charging people uh, with an evil, and communism is evil, uh, and just making some, in some cases, some wild charges. And that blew over, I, I, can't, I don't know, was it a year, two years? I don't remember the, uh, the exact time length. Uh, but there was still, there was great opposition. The media did not follow him, uh, and there was this is unprecedented i have a story here that gives you gives you an idea of what the left has succeeded in doing to young people uh it's it's actually hard to believe that uh, that this has happened there's a professor at the UCLA School of Management the Anderson School of Management professor gordon klein he's been teaching there for 39 years. And there's a petition, this is what is so amazing, with almost 20,000 signatures to have him fired from teaching. I'll read you the story from the Daily Mail, and you will understand now what I mean by... Hysteria. Remember the Stepford Wives? The leftist produced Stepford professors and Stepford students. UCLA college professor is suspended after refusing request for a lenient marking of black students' final assessments due to the trauma they have suffered from George Floyd's death and civil unrest. That's the headline. A professor at the University of California in Los Angeles, that's UCLA, has been suspended and placed under police protection, placed under police protection. That's, it's it's, it's, it's a new America. A professor at the UCLA has been suspended and placed under police protection after he rejected his non-black 
students' appeals for him to be lenient with his black students. Gordon Klein, an accounting professor, has been teaching for 39 years, was suspended by the university for three weeks, beginning on June 25th. So what did he do wrong? We'll find out. The Malibu Police Department reportedly is an increased police presence outside Klein's home after multiple threats, which were made after a student, Emilia Martinez, posted an email exchange online. A petition to have Klein removed has gained almost 20,000 signatures. He is suspended for, quote, a mocking email denying a request for leniency for black students. The petition seeks clients firing as a result of his, quote, extremely insensitive, dismissive, and woefully racist response. I, want, I will read to you his response. Woefully racist response. It, it, it's not only not woefully racist, it's not even remotely racist. The story began when a group of students who described themselves as non-black allies, quote-unquote, of their black peers, wrote to Klein asking for him to effectively cancel the final exams for black students. They requested a, quote, no harm, unquote, final exam that could only benefit students' grades and for shortened exams and extended deadlines for final assignments and projects. The students wrote that in light of recent, quote, traumas, we have been placed in a position where we must choose between actively supporting our black classmates or focusing on finishing up our spring quarter. They continued, we believe that remaining neutral in times of injustice brings power to the oppressor. And therefore, staying silent is not an option. Do you understand that? Remaining neutral in times of injustice brings power to the oppressor. Who was the oppressor of these students at UCLA? Professor Klein? By simply keeping the schedule, the grade is based on what you do on the exam. How's he supposed to give you a grade? See how they have been brainwashed to speak like this? Remaining neutral in times of injustice brings power to the oppressor. It's what they learned at college. They wrote, according to Inside Higher Education, that theirs was, quote, not a joint effort to get finals canceled for non-black students but rather an ask that you exercise compassion and leniency with black students in our major. Klein wrote back and declined their request, composing an email that some students felt was mocking them. Thanks for your suggestion in your email below that I give black students special treatment given the tragedy in Minnesota, he wrote. Do you know the names of the classmates that are black? How can I identify them since we've been having online classes only? Are there any students that may be of mixed parentage? 
such as half black, half Asian. What do you suggest I do with respect to them? A full concession or just half? Klein asked the students whether any of them, black or otherwise, were from Minneapolis, where George Floyd was killed. Quote, I assume that they probably are especially devastated as well, he wrote. I am thinking that a white student from there might be possibly even more devastated by this, especially because some might think that they are racist, even if they are not. My teaching assistant is from Minneapolis, so if you don't know, I can probably ask her. Klein asked how he was expected to implement the no-harm exam, given that the course was solely graded on the final exam. How were they supposed to get grades, as I asked earlier? And he ended with a quote from Martin Luther King. One last thing strikes me. Remember that MLK famously said that people should not be evaluated based on, quote, the color of their skin. Do you think that your request would run afoul of MLK's admonition? Thanks, G. Klein. He gave the example of his daughter, who suffered a severe illness and lost close friends to suicide during her time at UCLA, but still completed coursework. Some students have asked that the final exam be delayed or changed or waived altogether. Life deals all of us challenges. This is his, from his letter. Life deals all of us challenges, and I have no doubt that many of you are facing some now. In a perfectly fair world, I would be able to take these individual factors into account and perhaps modify the terms in our course syllabus. But my understanding of university rules is that with rare exceptions, I should not. So what what, what did he do wrong? 20,000 people signed a petition to have him fired as a professor. What did he do wrong? This is unprecedented in American history. This is an existential threat to the United States as we know it. Sorry. I'm really, really, really sorry. The Dennis Prager Show. I want to remind you the importance of the sponsors of talk radio. A... uh, Increasingly an island of, of reason in the most irrational period in American history. And I, I told you, long many times I fear panic more than a given event. Anyway, this sponsor is Pure Talk, and I have tried it out because I, I actually I was a bit skeptical that for... What is the price here? Yes, unlimited talk, unlimited text, two gigabytes of data for $20 a month. I was skeptical. So I got a phone, another phone. I test these things out before I recommend them to you. And signed up with one of their policies. I saw no difference them and the expensive provider that I use regularly. That's a great way to save money. 
Dial pound 250, say the keyword Dennis Prager. Pound 250, say Dennis Prager. Pure Talk USA. This is an amazing story out of UCLA. The most amazing is, well, I don't know what's the most amazing. 20,000 signatures. I read the entire, I read you excerpts. The entire letter was, was actually quite respectful. He didn't, he didn't think that exams should be waived because black students have suffered because of the George Floyd death. And that makes it woefully racist. So the, the message is that this is the terrible message of the left and of the hysteria going on now. It's that blacks are to be treated differently than other people. That's the message. And it's, it's terrible for blacks. It's terrible for society. It's terrible for blacks. It introduces a, a level of inauthenticity to relations between people that has not existed heretofore. When Barack Obama got elected in 2008, the, the majority, great majority of blacks and whites thought that relations between blacks and whites were quite good and getting better. And that was it. But remember, if if people are happy and get along, it is bad for for the left. There has to be hysteria. That, as I've written often and long, oxygen the oxygen of the left is hysteria. Since Donald Trump was elected, we have gone from hysteria to hysteria including the very long lockdown. That is a form of hysteria. Otherwise, you explain to me why Republican governors have opened their states, and I still live in a state where there is so much lockdown. There's a cruelty to the lockdown, of course, because it ruins so many people's lives. I think, for example, in California, I think of the, the people who run nail salons, which in the Los Angeles area, at least, are largely run by Vietnamese immigrants, mostly women, and they work so hard, and they make a living, and they are deprived of making a living. Why can't people decide whether or not they go for a manicure or pedicure, as they can in Georgia or Florida? The devastation wrought by this lockdown is horrific. But the worse things are, the better they are for the left. Lenin is is supposed to have said, in order to make omelets, you have to break eggs. But they don't make omelets. That's the thing. The left only breaks eggs. This story, 20,000 signatures. 
It's a very real question whether you should send your child to college. It's a very, very serious question. It's not the first time that I have brought this to your attention. But it is. you see the damage done to their ability to think clearly. It's not just the damage done to their moral fiber. College damages your ability to think clearly. Putting even all issues of right and wrong aside, just the issue of, of reason. Is his response unreasonable? Is it worthy of condemnation as being woefully racist? An interesting poll that has just come out. The uh, the News Daily poll with Scott Rasmussen. Do you have a favorable or unfavorable opinion of your local police department? This is at just the just the news dot com, and this is uh, the headline is poll finds seventy two percent of voters, including most black voters have favorable view of local police department. Very favorable, 36%. Somewhat favorable, 36%. So there you go, that's 72. Very unfavorable, 7%. I guess all 7% are in the streets. This is quite something. I mean, I don't know if it's accurate. I, I I suspect that it might be. Now, it's a uh, an interesting question whether the Democrats, the which is not all Democrats, but many leading Democrats are for defunding police departments. So uh, I I find it hard to believe that a majority of Democratic voters forget Republicans, think that's a good idea. That might that might be an Achilles heel for the Democrats. I mean they they have lost their minds. They have, that will increase evil in America. The removal of police departments. That's all it will do. There will be more death, more rape, more suffering. And they don't care. Oh, but they'll never do. Say my name and everything's Hello, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. This is a time, my dear listeners, where courage is demanded of all of us because there is a stampede of evil that will lead to the, I think, the demise of the civilization that has been built here with all its flaws. But uh, it is incredibly easy to break, and it is incredibly difficult to construct, and the left breaks. It just constructs power. 
That's all it constructs. Good does not emanate from the left. I've been telling you this much of my life. You see it before your eyes today. Defund the police. So I look at these lists. Well, who should you call if there are no police? Someone enters your home, and and then there's mental mental health professionals, social workers. I, I don't I don't even understand how these people write this and take themselves seriously. A a very large number of people have been killed during these uh, riots, by the way, and and protests. They're not the same, I'm well aware. It it doesn't get any media attention. As I mentioned to you, was it June 1st, the largest number of people in Chicago history killed in one day? We don't know any of their names. The media doesn't care about them because the narrative does not fit the narrative of police brutality. There are, There is police brutality. There is everything in life. But the police brutality is not the norm. That's what matters. So, it takes courage to resist for you to put up calmly. Put up the story about, it's an interesting one. Get the story of this professor at UCLA. Put up the entire email response and ask people, do you consider this woefully racist? It's a really good test of whether a person can think coherently or not. How can this possibly benefit black Americans? Whatever you request, whatever whatever is requested on your behalf, it wasn't even the black students who made this request. Standards are the only thing that elevate human beings. It's true for me. It is true for anybody. The death of standards is the death of civilization. People who are called conservatives, they used to be liberals as well, believed in standards for all. That all people need to elevate themselves to the same exact set of standards. We all have the same rights, and we all have the same obligations. That's the only way to make a good world. That people feel that they have obligations, not only rights. Another thing that I I have said so often, the, the great difference between a religious education and a secular education in a, in a secular, private, or public school, you learn your rights. In a religious school, Christian or Jewish, you learn your obligations. 
It's a very big difference. It's a big difference of approach to life. All right, my friends, I'm going to take your calls when we come back. But first, uh, the easiest relief factor. You read the, uh, go to relieffactor.com. You read how this has affected people, and you will be impressed. So they have a deal for you, which I find very enticing. Of course, I take it every day. I take it even if I don't have pain. That's how important I think it is. And the deal is this. If it doesn't work in three weeks, it probably won't work for you. So you don't have to pay more than the nineteen ninety five in shipping that it costs, nineteen ninety five to try it for three weeks. And that is at relieffactor.com, 800 84. The Dennis Prager Show. Hi, everybody. I'm Dennis Prager. Jason Riley happens to be black. Done a number of PragerU videos. Has a piece in the Wall Street Journal, The Full Truth About Race and Policing. Here's uh, Here are a few important statements that he makes in his piece in the Wall Street Journal. According to the Chicago Sun-Times, there were 492 homicides in Chicago last year. Guess how many of them involved the police? 492 human beings were killed by another human being. How many do you think involved the police? Why don't you guess, Sean? All right, what is 5% of 492? 5%, so make it 500. 5% of 100 is 5, that means 25. So you guess 25. You think that's high now. Three. Three. The charge of rampant police brutality is another left-wing lie. The left lives on lies. The tragedy is how many young people believe these lies because it's all they hear. Evidence is never offered. It's all emotion. All emotion. To grow up, you must conquer your emotion with the use of reason. Reason is... A sort of white privilege now. Three. What's three of 500? What, so, I mean, we're talking, it's, it's, it's almost a negligible percent. The available evidence shows that police use of deadly force has plunged in recent decades, including in big cities with large populations of low-income minorities. In the early 1970s, New York City police officers shot more than 300 people a year. By 2019, that number had fallen to 34. So essentially a tenth within 50 years. Part of the confusion stems from attempts to equate any racial disparities with racism. 
which is as mistaken as equating age and gender disparities with systemic discrimination. Young people are incarcerated at higher rates than older people, and men draw more police attention than women. Is something fishy going on here? Or does such outcomes simply reflect the fact that young men are behind most violent crimes? When journalists break down police behavior by race, but don't do the same for criminal behavior, you're not getting the whole story. A recent New York Times report, this is an example of the way the New York Times lies. A recent New York Times report, for example, tells us that the racial makeup of Minneapolis is 20% black and 60% white, and that police there, quote, quote, used force against black people at a rate at least seven times that of white people during the past five years, unquote. Left out of the story are the rates at which blacks and whites in Minneapolis commit crime in general and violent crime in particular. So do you see what the New York Times does, the way it lies? Seven times, proportionately, seven times as many blacks as whites are shot by the police. Because they do it based on the population, but they don't do it based on criminal behavior. So it's, it's irrelevant, isn't it? As he said, why not do it with regard to males? Males are half the population. Females are half the population. How come they don't shoot females 50% of the time? Because they're not involved in violent behavior. Do you know that the vast majority of college graduates would not understand what I just said? All they would do is call it racist. The fact that a black wrote it would just dismiss him as a stooge of white privilege. Because they are not taught by the left to think, they are taught to label. Since Lenin in the Soviet Union, that has been the way to do it. Anyone who opposed communism was called a fascist. And it worked very often. The left bought it. This is where we're at. The only answer is, well, there are many answers. One is that you must, you must fight. They, they think because people are so quiet, and I totally understand it because you could lose your job, you could lose your friends, you could lose your children. So they think that you don't exist. They only talk to each other, demonstrate with each other, have, di- have dinner with each other, Facebook each other, tweet each other. So they don't understand. They don't even know that we exist. And if we exist, we must, we must simply be racist. On the issue of children, like the guy wrote, I read to you last week, a black writer in the New York Times wrote, you want to do something? Tell your relatives and friends that if they don't participate in a demonstration or donate to some black cause, you will, uh, you will remove them from your life. Removing parents from your life is 
always, always accompanies tyranny, the first thing they do is sever the authority of parents. It's, it's a perfect indication that you have tyranny coming up. That's why I, on occasion, believe honor your father and mother might be the most important of the Ten Commandments. The Dennis Prager Show. Okay, everybody, you're listening to The Dennis Prager Show. Michael in Vancouver, Washington. Hi. Hey, Dennis, thanks for taking my call. Thank you. Um, so uh, you were talking about defunding the police, and I kind of had the same idea about it as you, which was, you know, what are they going to do without the police? And I sort of got a little alarmist about it, but I read a little bit more about it, about the defund the police movement. And I'll tell you what, it makes a little bit more sense in the way you're making it out. Um, it, it's more of a divest and invest movement. So the idea is to divest. Uh, from the police department's budget and invested into areas of the community that could benefit more from it. Uh, one of them being mental health, obviously, is a big one. And I think that we can all agree the police aren't great at dealing with mental health. They're not trained to do it. And so that's where a lot of these bad situations come up. And I think the idea of taking these massive police budgets, right, in Los Angeles, for example, you know, they're nearly a third, over $3 billion of the $10 billion, you know, yearly budget goes to the policing. Um, it just takes some of that money and spread it around to areas that could help keep us safe in a better way. Because there's no actual data to prove that more police, that, that, that heavy-duty policing, the militarization of the police, that that actually stops crime and keeps us more safe. So I think that even as conservatives, you and I, I think we want to keep our family safe. And I think, you know, putting more money into mental health, that keeps our family safe. That keeps well, everybody tell me what, safe. Tell me and what I don't know that, why we'd be against that. Because it's stupid. Because it's stupid. Let me ask you a question. Well, you truly don't believe, I'll tell why you, I'm, at, I'm, I'm about to tell you. Can you tell me what it means more, what, what will that mean, mental health? There, there are, uh, there are, uh, in Chicago, there was a record number of blacks killed by blacks uh, two weeks ago, a record number in Chicago history for a 24-hour period. How would more money going to mental health have stopped that? Well, Dennis, I don't know each individual situation, but I, I would... No, no, in general, I, I didn't ask you each individual. Why, why if, well, you, have, if you have $100 million to give Dennis. to psychiatrists or 100 Dennis. yeah. You're talking about specific situations. Yes, so that's that's the. Saying, I don't know how it would help. Right, because it won't, my dear friend. I, I wish we had more time. I'm truly sorry. Wow. Okay. We need to have more of these discussions. However, happily, the male female hour is coming up. I'm Dennis Prager. We continue. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor pain-free studio. 